Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Update. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yeah, you're back. I'm back. We're back. Everyone's <laughs> back. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> we're just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who uh, bring you Locked on Clippers five days a week. Oh, yeah. When can they find this? 7 a.m. every weekday. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Good stuff we got a heck of a show lined up for you today basketball is back it's a real basketball is back first game out of the all-star break coming at you today clippers are taking on the warriors we're going to go over what we need to do well to win that one as well as what could go wrong give you a couple of key matchups to chew on and then we're talking Kawhi and paul george in this week's thirsty thursday which is just kind of talk where we talk about what we want to see more of. Yeah, second what half style. For. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, what we're thirsty to see more of from, from both our superstars uh, and what they can do to earn those contracts. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then in shavings, uh, we're talking Clippers optimism. Uh, there's, you know, there, there's some news on sort of where the Clippers are looking to move if they were looking to make a trade. Hint, hint. It's not going to be any sort of uh, blockbuster kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some interesting comments about the Clippers from personality Bill Simmons. There we go. So all that and more coming up right about now. But first, got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? And only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week which you're never going to guess who it is. Coming up later in this episode, it's very surprising. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Clippers vs. Warriors preview. We've split the season series so far with them one-to-one. Yes. We won on January 6th, and we lost two days later on the 8th couple of lessons to be learned from that but it's also very early in the season i think it was right when both teams crossed double digits for total games played so still a lot of stuff getting figured out um but there's some this is an interesting matchup this is one that can we've seen it go wrong this is just if they're doing the things that they usually do well a little bit better you know what i mean it becomes a lot more difficult of a matchup than i think people think Definitely, definitely. Uh, the Warriors are an interesting defensive team to look at because they are giving up a lot of points per game. Yes. But their defensive rating is solid. They're, sixth in the league. <laughs> yeah, sixth in the league. I mean, they're holding opponents to one of the best effective field goal percentages in the league. So a little goofy there. It's odd. What we need to do well in this one, I'm going to start with setting the tone on the boards early. Love this. I think this is huge. And the tone for the Warriors is they give up a ton of boards. They give up almost 50 boards to their opponents, which is 29th in the league. And they're 29th in both offensive rebounding percentage and 28th in defensive rebounding percentage. So this is like a legit not interested in rebounding team. This is a huge area of weakness for that team. Yes, definitely. If you're bottom 28 in opponent rebounds and your rebounding percentages, you're not. It's not an issue. Um, that you really care about. So I'd love to see Surge being active early. Zoo being aggressive and out of foul trouble will be really big. But the Warriors do that thing where they get help from a bunch of different guys on the boards. Yeah. They have five players averaging between five and a half and six and a half rebounds per game. So kind of everybody has to be a, a bit on their Patrick Beverly in terms of sneaking in for those boards because that's a wide array of people getting 
a fair amount of Warriors. Well, yeah, they have some sneaky rebounders. They've got some long kind of wings. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely going to be important. I think we got to do is just keep the ball moving. Yep. Uh, this First is game a, back. Let's look. Let's look crisp. Yes. Let's look crisp. This this Warriors team is currently averaging the most assists in the league in terms of sheer numbers. But just with getting back, it's it's going to be crucial to whip the ball around just to kind of save guys' legs a little bit. Yeah. As well as get people into rhythm. Good call. Uh, you know, get them seeing the ball, get them getting those shots up early, get those attempts there. Um, <clears throat> the Warriors are bottom 10 in opponent three-point attempts. They're allowing like 36-plus attempts a game. Okay. Um, so, you know, this could lean itself really easily into some nice open looks yeah. uh, from beyond the arc if we're moving the ball around. Uh, and we've kind of held our own moving the ball against them. As I said, they are the best assisting team currently in the league. Uh, we were within two assists with them in the loss. We were, you know, a little less close uh, <laughs> in the in the other one. But uh, look, we had 18 or more turnovers in both these outings. So this is not going to be easy to move the ball around. Definitely. Uh, it's why it's going to be so crucial to do it well. We got to tighten that up. We can't have 18 turnovers against this team. While they're not super punishing teams off of turnovers, they're like middle of the league. And their percentage of which if you're playing the clippers sometimes if we're not secure at the ball you're getting you're boosting those stats yes absolutely absolutely and then the warriors also do have a top 10 opponent turnover percentage they're forcing opponent turnovers nearly 15 percent of possessions Oof. which is a little scary to look at uh <laughs> off, a, like, off a break maybe too yeah. yeah but that's what i'm saying like we got to keep it crisp and it is a good test also to see where this ball movement is at you know, coming into this latter half. Of the yeah, season. maybe we'll see some new stuff. Who knows? We also need to get to the line. Yes, they like they give up a lot of free throws. Yes, um, they have the third worst opponent uh, free throw attempt rate in the league. If the shots aren't falling, we got to pressure the defense and just force them to to use their hands. Because I, I do think they're going to struggle to to keep up with the big boys. Let's hope so. What could go wrong in this one? So <laughs> we've mentioned it. The Warriors have the sixth best defense in the league in the game. In January, which was very early when some guys weren't really playing well yet. Here's the plus minuses from our bench. It was a 10-point loss. Zoo was minus 26 in, seven, in 17 minutes. Lou was minus 25 Oof. in 16. Kennard was minus 22 in 18. And Mook was minus 20 in 18 minutes. Yikes. They combined to shoot 8 of 22 from the floor with Kennard leading the bench scores with 8. Michael Mulder had the best plus minus in the last game we played against the Warriors, uh-huh. which is should tell you all you need to know about what could go wrong. So absolutely, I think the bench is going to be a lot better than they were back then, obviously, because we've seen Zoo hit a stride. Uh, Mook looks a little more spry and stuff like that. And Ty Lue says everyone's available, so he should be healthy. But we, we need some bench contributions. Absolutely. Another thing that could go wrong is if they just go off from three. They're averaging the six most attempts in the league. They take like 38 a game. Yeah. They have a couple guys who can shoot it over there. They do. They <laughs> overall as a team have below average efficiency. They're knocking them down at like a 37% clip. Uh, we have been able to limit their attempts, uh, most notably in the win uh, back. That was wow, way back in January 6th. Long time we ago. We kept them to around 30 attempts. Held them to sub thirty percent shooting. Yeah. Uh, they Steph had, shot horribly. He was one of six in that game. Yeah. They have 48. Uh, or 41 attempts on the eighth when we took that loss. They Oof. hit those at like nearly a 50% clip. Uh, <laughs> it's just not going to be good. And like I said, they average the most assists in the league. So it's not just chasing guys off the line. Like yeah. we got to be, we got to make sure we're covering the open shooter as well. You always got to have your head on a swivel out there. 100%. That goes to our key match as well, which is the whole team versus Steph Curry. Yes. Steph Curry, like I said, went one for six in the first matchup. 
Played a little bit better on the second one. He had 38 points. Um, you know, Pat Bev had Curry for four minutes and 17 seconds okay. in game two. Held him to one of three shooting from three and one of two from two. PG held him to one of three shooting for a minute and 42 seconds. Batum tried his best, but Curry went two for two from deep. Um, and then he got some switches on the surge and zoo where he took advantage of them from deep as well. So, you know, all things kind of being even rest wise right now, mm-hmm. it's obvious you're not going to, I don't think Curry's going to put up 13 points like he did in the first matchup. Yeah. I think it's going to be somewhere between 13 and 38. I just hope it's sub, if it's sub 35. It's like it's Steph Curry, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I I think we have we're okay. In this I'm match. excited to see where Pat Bev is at in this matchup yeah. post break. Oh yeah, this is like this is the kind of matchup that I'm pretty certain Patrick Beverly circles on the calendar. For sure, he gets really excited to play these type of guards. I think he just can, circles the whole calendar. I think yeah. he just circles you know every what? That's month. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, but he gets really excited to play these kind of uh, guards that can you know shoot from deep um, and are you know very athletic. So I, I'm hoping that he looks good there. I'm just watching this team versus the closing quarter. I think moment. most people are going to be watching the same uh, thing. I, I think that this is a game that could pretty easily be a close matchup. For sure. Uh, and it's going to be about finishing out this one strong. Rest can no longer be an excuse. You know, we did. <laughs> we did look, look, I, you know, I say excuse, and I'm not meaning that in necessarily yeah. a pejorative way. But some of those close games that we have dropped have been, you know, the third game in four days. Uh, they've been on kind of minimal rest. This coming into this one, you know, we'll have the most rest that we're gonna get basically all season until yeah. the you know the break into the playoffs. So yeah, let's come out there ready. And then the marquee matchup, Kawhi versus Andrew Wiggins. Ooh. Uh, the matchup data is not kind to Kawhi from these games. First matchup, he had five turnovers and shot one of four when Wiggins was guarding him. And then the second head. one... He got in his head. And the second one, Wiggins had Kawhi for five plus minutes and held him to one of eight shooting with no free throw attempts. Kawhi finished with like 24 points, which was nice, but it was not fun when it was on Wiggins. He's going to be fresher, so we're going to see an amped up um, Kawhi, I'm pretty sure, as amped up as he can get. So I'm feeling good about this one. I'm optimistic about how the team's going to look. Yeah. Uh, any prediction? No. Okay. I can't. Not this early in the second half. Look, I'm I'm thinking that we put this one away. I would. All right. I think be, we'll win. But I mean, granted, it's after a break, so it's a little bit funky. But I would hate to have just look at the the standings and have four straight losses. Agreed. I also though wouldn't be surprised if we maybe get punched in the mouth a bit. It's fair. It could it's happen. Fair. You know, both teams same amount of rest, so it really could go. go either way. Uh, coming up next, we're gonna talk about our Thirsty Thursday. Basically, what Paul George and Kawhi can do uh, to improve their second half. But first, it's time to highlight the Ultra Player of the Week from oh, Michelob Ultra. Who is it? Look, joy creates success. And Facts. this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is... Who? Clippers fans. Oh, wow. Incredible. Everybody we all we all there. did it. We're part of that. We won this award. They're all the best. What a Look, day. There weren't any games because of the All-Star break, so this one is going to the fans. Let's all get hyped on the second half of the season. There's a long way to go, but the Clippers have one of the best rosters in the league, and we all got to do our best to stay positive. Like positive Chuck. I'm always this positive. Uh, wonder which Clippers player will be next week's Ultra Player of the Week. Who knows? Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? I'll tell you what I do when I'm happy. 
Throw some money on the ponies. Let's do it. Or a bunch of other stuff at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back with Thirsty Thursday, which is just where we talk about who and what we want to see more of. Yeah. Today, the who is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and the what is what we want to see more of in the second half of the season. Yes. So, Chuck, what are you thinking? I think we should preface this by also saying they've had stellar first halves of the season. Oh, yeah. It's pretty incredible what they've been doing. Um, let's start with Kawhi, averaging 27, 6, and 5, 38% from three on five three point attempts a game, which I, is kind of the most surprising stat, I think, of Just, his. Just uh, in terms of the attempts or the efficiency? Both. Gotcha. It's crazy that Kawhi is a 38% three point shooter right now. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of absurd. He's having a career-best offensive rating at 125 and a career-worst defensive rating right now at 111. So, which so is Paul George. But so that's an area for improvement that I kind of talked about with Brian Cullen on the last episode. How much of the defensive stuff is just health and how much of it is really Kawhi and Paul George's quote-unquote fault? So one thing about this, like this being the worst of his career so far, um, I've talked about this a little bit, but right now NBA offenses are just so far. They're crazy. Defenses. <laughs> it's wild. So you, you look at a lot of players and, and there's similar things kind of going on. Yeah. Um, the Clippers defense as a whole uh, has left a lot to be desired. Yes. To me. For sure. Um, but yes, I, I think that that like defensively, that that's a pretty clear one for him to improve. Um, you know, it's a long season. He's not going to take on the hardest matchup every single right night away, for the for majority sure. of possessions. It's not going to happen. Uh, and I think that that's fine and it's all well and good. I think what I want to see, though, is a more clear ramping up and a greater commitment to play on that end of the ball. The steals are great. You know, it's great to see him yeah. poking the ball away and stuff. Uh, but I'd like to see, especially in clutch time scenarios, uh, just a a greater focus and sort of attention to detail on that end. That's a good call. I think part of that might be the new scheme too. Yes. Getting I mean, stuff absolutely. Out. There's, there's a time lot of is the, is the cure for a lot of these things too. Yes. Cause my next one was going to be, I want him to stop settling in the mid range so much. We know the mid range game is great. I'm not trying to say any weird analytics type thing about he's shooting 55% from two. We all know um, about Kawhi's mid range. It's fantastic. But sometimes it looks as if there could be a little more zhuzh to try and get to the basket. I like it. That, <laughs> that's the nicest way I can say it. Um, but I think that's a time issue. Yeah. I think that's another thing where he's getting ramped up to it. So, yes, I, I agree with the definitely with the latter part of that. I, I think that there is, I w- or at least I would be surprised if there was not a, a concerted effort from the, you know, from the coaching staff to sort of limit some of those free throw attempts earlier on in the yes. season. I, I do think that we'll see some more aggressiveness, uh, you know, at the basket in this latter half of the season. I'm thirsty for it, though. I, I'm happy. Yeah, to see I want to see it. It's one of those things, too, where, I don't know, I, I keep looking back to the Nets game uh, and like yeah. the, the push-off foul that was called. To for me, sure. that's one of those things that... Uh, 
look, I don't think it was a push off foul, but let's say just for a second that even if it was, yeah, it's one of those things that I think that you are more comfortable getting into the rim without the push if you're just doing it a little bit more. Because clearly the strength is there. That's a good clearly call. Clearly the speed is there. You know, he's not at a point yet where his athleticism is taking a decline and he like no needs. and he doesn't get by on he's a very athletic player but he plays at Kawhi speed yeah we've seen it it dictates everybody else around him yeah so i think just more comfortability i don't know know if it's even comfortability so much as familiarity yeah just getting back into those zones and those places i think will help you know to, to avoid some of those fouls and then even Look, I think the more you get to the rim, the, the more calls you're going to get. Especially the for more, superstars, 100%. Yeah, the, the more calls that are going to go your way. Yeah. Um. So I think if you know they see guys pushing off on you on drives all night, I mean, that's a call that you end up getting. You're going to get a lot more than you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of, you know, instead of it kind of going the other way uh, against Harden in that sort of unfortunate clutch time scenario. Sure. Uh, so no, I'm I'm definitely... I'm definitely thirsty for that. I'm also just thirsty for like this continued new approach to leadership that he's brought to the game. The vibe. Um, it's completely different this year if you look at his body language when he's on the bench, especially in a loss. Because there's a really big piece of bad locker room composition that isn't with the team anymore. <laughs> it's not just that though. Like it's. Not I think just, that's a big part of it. I do not. I mean, like it is, but I do not think that's a big part of Kawhi's approach. I think that Kawhi has made. I, like I think that he, right, but I'm saying the other part made everything harder. Sure, you know it's not on Kawhi. Sure, I, I'm sure that it made it harder, but I think that he, I mean, coming into this season, uh, in the off season, whatever, took a look in the mirror and had a like thought about the type of leader that he wants to be, and it's definitely different than the type of leadership that he displayed last year. And I know this is like one of those mercurial kind of <laughs> nebulous sort of things, but like. Just the way that he's interacting with his teammates, the way that he, you know, like takes attention and commands attention in a huddle. His animated I, I, smile in the honey commercials. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's a lot different. And I'm thirsty to see more of that. I'm thirsty to see like what the end of that is. You know, like if we're if say we're down some games in a playoff series, like what this new level of leadership Kawhi looks like. I think the nice thing too is the whole team, it feels like Mook stepped up, feels like Lou Will has stepped up. It feels like a great feeling right now. And everyone talked about that um kind of in the All-Star break too, which is great. Moving on to Paul George, who he himself is having a fantastic season, averaging 24 points, the second highest points per game of his career. Six boards, five assists, 54% from two, 45% from three on eight three-point attempts a Absurd. game. Absurd. Not sure what more we can help from there. He's one of he's the second best shooter in the league right now, it feels like. Um 119 offensive rating, career best. 112 defensive rating, career worst, just like Kawhi, but we've talked about it. His biggest thing for me, which is a time thing, is the free throw attempts. Four free throw attempts per game. Probably that is skewed from the absurd refing we've seen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that homer play for sure. I will wear that crown. Um, but someone brought this up on a Twitter Tuesday. They were wondering if it's ramping up for the playoffs type thing. Definitely. I think it's kind of that. I think it's definitely that. Um, yeah, the shot creation has been crucial. Like, there's, there's not a whole lot we can ask from either of these guys right now. <laughs> for Paul George to get a little bit more recognition, I think. Yeah. I think that he has been the best Clipper and the most consistently good Clipper. Um, you know, Kawhi super important. Has, you know, has the championship pedigree already. For sure. I think what Paul George, I think Paul George to me has been the most important Clipper this season. 
Um, and I'm curious to see how he can continue that role. And if a good call. sort of, you know, the conversation or the narrative that surrounds him will start to shift that way. Um, because this team, I mean, this team has really struggled in Paul George's absences. Yeah. More so than last year. For sure. Um, and, you know, like, just with his ball handling abilities, he's such a huge part of the offense. Not like not even when he's just scoring. Um, and you know the you know the shooting and everything speaks for itself. He's on another level this year. The revenge tour is very much in the season. <laughs> but defensively, ninety six is in the crosshairs, baby. <laughs> yeah, but defensively, I I think that you know while there have been lapses, I mean there, as there will be from any player over the course of a season, I feel like we've seen a more consistent sort of defensive approach from paul george yeah um which i you know despite the defensive rating here being one point lower than Kawhi's, i you know it's it's difficult to ascertain too much from those stats until we're at the end of the season for sure uh but i think defensively um he he's also just such a crucial piece healthy off season crazy oh, what it can season. bring you um, yeah. i'm very much looking forward to see how paul george comes out to start the second half against the warriors i Revenge think it's going to be continues. i think it's going to be on fire if i'm being perfectly honest yeah uh coming up we are going to be talking some trade situations as well as one of the worst analogies i think i've ever heard in my entire life but first will say you have a car yeah and i don't know a brake light falls off you're gonna need some parts where can i go for these parts look with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront so why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket rockauto.com is a family business they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years so go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It doesn't make any sense. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And after you've purchased those auto parts, why don't you go ahead and check out Bill Bar? We've been talking to you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, uh, um, fantastic tasting protein bar. 100% chocolate on all the bars, which is a nice little kick if you like, if you want the sweet. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is, of course, Built Bar Madness. Everyone knows this. Today's matchup is lemon almond cheesecake versus carrot cake with walnuts. I'm going to be honest, lemon almond cheesecake all day. Oh, hands down. Hands down. The walnuts are a nice touch. I, I I gotta be honest. I'm not the biggest carrot cake fan. No. I don't trust it. It's 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 an oxymoron. If it's I'm a vegetable and honest. a cake. Don't make any. I don't sense think to me. so. Uh, I don't my, think so. Buddy. My body doesn't know how to react to it. Do I reject it? Do I want more? How does it work? Uh, if you'd like to vote on this, go to builtbar.com or go to 
at built underscore wire on Twitter to let them know what you think. Remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won the next matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Let's get into these shavings. Yes. No ad breaks, just all us. Ooh. This is great. I all think. content. Um, there seems to be optimism among the Clippers camp. Okay. Which, hey, love to hear that. Better than the opposite. <laughs> yeah, better than pessimism. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers are reportedly planning to stand pat on major deals heading to the trade deadline on March 25th. Reports have emerged that the Clippers are satisfied with how the team's nucleus is currently performing and will most likely engage in smaller deals that can complement their main guys. Sam Amick of The Athletics said, um, they're no longer expected to look for a trade for Ty Lue, kind of looking for more of the margin success and stuff like that. Wait, for Lou Will? Lou Will, excuse me. Trade um, Ty Lue. That'd be insane. <laughs> um, so they're not going to trade Lou Will, trying to find success on the margins. This makes sense. There's going to be no... It didn't really feel like there was going to be any, you know, blockbuster trade or anything like that. No, no. I, so you brought up something interesting before on the podcast, which is just that in order to even make a buyout move, they've got to cut a guy. Fee's getting cut in the next two weeks, and we're going to pick up guys is what I think is going to happen. Yes. So, I mean, that's kind of the the move to keep your Twitter notifications at for when you hear a fee yeah. getting cut. It is most likely an if you If you, for some reason you've turned off the Abdu Gabagelli Twitter alerts, turn those things back. Turn on. those babies turn back, those on. back on. Uh, so that's going to be the you know the strongest indication that we are you know going to make any additions. I do think that we pick up another player. I I've noted that I'd I think like, it's two. Yeah, I, I think that. So I think that two is probably most likely. We do get those bodies. In, incidentally, get two roster spots through cutting yeah. fee. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen. We're with trading them. Yeah. Hopefully he's trading them. Uh, not sure what's going to happen with Patrick Patterson. What is going on with Pat Pat? He's just back for the game. I hope everything was cool and he was away from the team. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, huh. hope he's doing well. Yeah. But I, I, I see us getting sort of another buyout like wing or, or maybe defensive minded guard. Either way, it's going to be a, a defensive player more so than a scorer in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody who can knock like that's down That's what most people threes. want. Yeah, yeah. We, it's just like something that needs a little bit of shoring up. And you and I have talked about it on the show, but I'm also kind of interested or, or tantalized even at the idea of <laughs> maybe adding another five. We've talked about it. it. It would be interesting. I don't know who it is, though. A lot of stuff up in the air right now, it feels like. Yes. With those possibilities. I mean, JaVale is like a pretty strong candidate. The Cavs are looking to yeah. move him. If they're unable to move him, it seems like, according to what I've been reading from uh, Cavs beat writers, that he will be bought out, not Drummond. Uh, but we'll see. I'd love McGee on the buyout. I mean, it's a great That'd pickup. That'd be nice. It's a great pickup. That'd be for great. A, for a men, uh, and then, you know, not a large role. I, you I, don't have to lose anybody. I mean, you lose fee, but you're gaining... Javelle and I mean another a more useful player than Fee, no disrespect to You're Fee's not losing a rotation player. Yeah, exactly. Um I'm excited about that. A lot of people made this, you know, they think this is gonna be the George Hill trade too. People have talked about because Lamarcus Aldridge on the Spurs, that's a thing, but I don't think the Clippers are gonna A, they can't afford it. And I don't think the Spurs will buy him out. I don't think so either. They're not really They've that said trade pretty explicitly. Yeah, they're not really that kind of organization. Um, yeah, they'll just let you hang, you know? <laughs> like, they're losing the money either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't see it. I also just don't really see the fit for LaMarcus unless you think that he's 
can stretch the floor enough to play Oof. the five in a small ball lineup, which I don't think so. If the Clippers could play themselves on the first two rounds of the playoffs, I would say we should definitely sign Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not really seeing it. But I, I, yeah, I think this is kind of look. I, I've talked about it before on here, but I think that this roster is ready. I, I don't think that this team has roster issues and. Going into the playoffs, I I didn't think so last year. Looking back, it's a little bit easier to see some of the holes where that team was from a a roster construction standpoint. Um, Right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) This year, I I do feel like, you know, the roster is more or less rock solid for what we can affordably, feasibly do. In terms of how we can... Yes, obviously adding Bradley Beal or something impossible. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. You trade fee for Bradley Beal. What's the issue? Who says no? Who says no? Um, finally, we're going to close with uh, a critique of the Clippers that Bill Simmons said. Noted older Bostonian sports fan Bill Simmons said he likened the Clippers to a bunch of cars parked in the same parking lot, but they're just kind of in their own spaces. Sounds like a Dixie Chick song. Clips open spaces. This is the dumbest analogy I've ever heard. Look, um, the, he was trying to say that no one makes anyone better, which I'm not sure how that even makes sense. But this just from a cars in a park. What are cars? So if it's a cars are in a parking lot, and they're not in their own space. Where are we at with this? It sounds like the worst parking lot in That's the world. Chaos, man. It sounds like the worst like, parking lot in the world. Uh, no, it look, doesn't make any. It also means you haven't been watching the Clippers. I, I was Nick say, Batum has a, I, Nick Batum has made more people better on the Clippers than maybe anybody. <laughs> I, I don't mean to, really to have like a Homer ass take, but it's just uh, I think that you're not watching the games enough. If if this is uh, if this is the indication, I, I think the that, second most games. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I look. I think that there are some issues. Um, you know, sometimes going down the stretch, or like sometimes where we rely on things that even when they aren't successful, we kind of return to them. Um, but that to me isn't about the roster. Like it, it isn't about the roster construction. It's just about habits and tendencies. And the highlights that you happen to be watching, which is yes, just like with this show, we get more listens when the Clippers lose. The Clippers content, whatever it is, I don't mean the content team. I mean, if ESPN puts out content or Bleach Report, if it's about the Clippers losing, it gets more attention. Definitely. <laughs> That's just how it works. Yeah. So it seeps into your brain as if it's this prevalent thing when we've only lost more games than one other team. Look, we're in a prove it year. I think that we could be top in the West right now. And it would still be the same conversation. Yeah. Because I mean when we know, were the two seed, people were still like, Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's 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 a prove it year for the Clippers. It's gonna be that way until we change this franchise's history in yeah. in the playoffs. Seventeen um, championships to go. No problem. <laughs> uh, no, but we hope we hope Bill's doing well. Uh, you know, it's tough being old and cold, I guess, because he's up in Boston. Yeah. Um, Let your workers unionize. <laughs> yeah, also that. Good call. Um, coming up, Friday's episode. Recap of the hopeful victory over the Warriors. Well, as a weekend preview, there's a game on Sunday. I have to talk about that. Love, Mary, quarantine, and whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Well, where can these people tell their friends to listen to it? Uh, you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clips. It's a good time. It'll definitely do it. If you haven't already, for whatever reason, please subscribe. Tell oh, your yeah. friends to subscribe. It really helps the show out. We love to bring you this show five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. 
We'd love to have your listen. 110%. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William, the opinion updike. We appreciate you.